The following podcast contains spoilers. We strongly recommend you watch the episode of The Americans we're discussing before you listen to this podcast. The following podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast for Season 3, Episode 11 of The Americans, One Day in the Life of Anton Baklanov. This week, we're going to talk to the writers of Episode 311, Tracy Scott Wilson and Stephen Schiff. I'm here today with my bosses, Joel Fields and Joe Weisberg, and the writers of this episode, Stephen Schiff and Tracy Scott Wilson. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. So... Tracy and Steven, before we jump into this episode, I'm curious about your background. You guys are not strictly television writers. Uh, Tracy, you are a playwright. We are keeping you from a rehearsal as we speak. <laughs> and Steven... She's in- so tense. She's like, get me out of here. <laughs> Tracy's going to talk unbelievably fast throughout this podcast. Uh, and Steven, you, in addition to writing movies and books, were originally a journalist. So True. how did you guys come to work in TV and how has your other life as a writer sort of informed the way you write for TV? I came to TV actually sort of through playwriting. A wonderful playwright named David Schulner gave me my first TV job. I remembered reading a play of mine in America Theatre Magazine and asked to see me, and that was the start of it. But I've always loved TV, always wanted to write for TV. And from there, I um, came to the Americans. That's a really quick answer. But. Perfect. We'll get you to that rehearsal yet. <laughs> do you have a totally different approach when you write TV, or do you feel like it's part of the same world? Well, I've, I've I learned a lot from David and from the Jays, because what's the biggest difference, I mean, obviously, dialogue is dialogue, but structure is just very different from a theater. And I'm still learning that, but just the way the scenes have to flow in, in TV. So I, I, think that, I think that that's probably the biggest difference and something I'm um, still learning and getting in my bones. Mr. Schiff, how did you end up here? Uh, I was a journalist, as you say. I was at The New Yorker uh, writing those big, long pieces, and I was at Vanity Fair before that. I then began writing movies, and that sort of took off, and I went away from journalism and, and wrote movies for a number of years. And I have to say... I was sort of snobbish about TV. I didn't want to go there. But TV then was not TV as it is now. And suddenly I began to see that I was, as a viewer, increasingly interested in TV. And I was, in, you know, the, the, this efflorescence of the hour-long cable drama was, you know, changing my viewing habits, changing, changing you know, my intake of culture. I, it, was, it was seeming to become important. And uh, one of the things I really liked was this show on FX called The Americans, and I was watching it and watching it and watching it. And uh, my wife and I were saying, you know, this might be the best thing on TV. And then suddenly— Stephen, you're already hired. You don't have to try it. <laughs> no, okay. it was really true. And, and then suddenly um, my board-stiff TV agent, because uh, you know I, I, I just had been ignoring him, was saying, do you want to go talk to these guys that they're actually in New York and they're looking to hire someone like you? And— I did, and I went, what am I doing? This is going to be great. So I joined um, the writing uh, room of the Americans, and and it was really, really fun and different. And uh, I I remember the Jays watching me walk around with this big smile on my face. And I I loved collaborating. I loved breaking a story in this way with, with, you know, a room full of brilliant people. I loved how fast it was in the movie business. It ain't fast. I was going to say the pace is what I would assume would be the biggest jump, it, not just from theater, but especially jump. from movies to TV would Un- be a huge unbelievable difference. Unbelievable jump. Uh, but that speaks to another aspect about TV that I think is very different. I mean, there are obviously 
playwriting and movie writing teams, but in TV, you not only collaborate in the room, but as is with this episode, you guys collaborated on the script, and Joe and Joel, you guys often write together. Um, actually, I don't think you've written a script, just you, Joe, or just you, Joel, since season one, right? You guys have done yeah, all of yours together, all together now? now. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start with Tracy and Steve in particular to this episode, but guys, you should, you know, chime in as you are one to do. Uh, <laughs> what is the process like? Every team, I'm sure, is different, but you guys don't always write together, obviously, and you've written with other writers on the show. Steven, you wrote an episode with uh, Stu Zickerman last year, mm-hmm. and... Did you write one with Peter before? No. No, you and Peter are just always cavorting together. Yeah, no, we just hang out. <laughs> <laughs> what? You were one with Stu also. You've each written, each written one with Stu, right? No, not no. me. No. no. No, I hang out with Stu as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the confusion is coming. Yeah. Um, with this episode in particular, how did you guys collaborate uh, on writing it, going from the story to the actual script? Can you walk us through just how you guys kind of broke it down? Who did what? Well, we had we had worked together closely on episodes five and six. Um, That's right. Your episodes were back to back. We're back to back, and and the, the the way we were doing it this year, we were cross boarding, so we were doing sort of two episodes at once. So we were already sort of teamed up and feeling like a team from that. You because know? when your stories are close together, even if you're not writing together, inevitably you're working closely with. Uh, whoever's next or before you, because story continuity and who who's doing what and things and, like that. And also, I mean, the way the way this show works in general, st- you know, story is all of ours to share. Kind of, you know, mm-hmm. we develop, we break it, and then we, it falls where it falls. It's not sort of this is my story and I'm getting it and you're not getting it in episode six. No, it, it's it falls where it falls, and so we're all kind of writing it together and figuring out to, uh, together. And you know, sometimes uh, one of us will write something that winds up three or four episodes later in someone else's script. It's just the way it is. So we had a we had a sort of collaborative feeling for each other to begin with. Uh, but then we broke down different storylines in the script for each person. I'm nodding. I didn't realize. <laughs> no, I'm, no I'm, I'm handing that. it to you now to, to finish. Uh, yeah. We're collaborating. <laughs> yeah, no, it felt, it felt very easy, actually. I only collaborated once in my regular life, and it was a horrible disaster. So I was a little scared, but then, as Stephen says, getting to know him, doing five and six, and it was just, it was just really very easy, and really was quite healing actually from that bed. (laughs) This is an episode that had a certain level of romantic, explicit (laughs) intensity, let's say, and as I recall, you mean there was (laughs) some, there was some sex in this episode, and and there was one scene in particular that I think you guys worked on on the telephone, but there may have been some people overhearing you work on that yes there was a uh there was a sex scene i was very excited very excited to write and uh and me and steven were editing the script it was one of the early it was very early in the ep- in the episode very early scene yeah and um we ended up talking about it for 30 minutes and at one point karen my partner came in the room and was like you're still talking about that <laughs> I, I, I think i think it was longer exactly right. <laughs> i think it was longer and i think and, and i was at and we were at uh, tracy was at her, her house and i was at mine and my wife was sitting there listening to i mean you know you've seen the you, you everyone listening to this may have seen the episode so listening to you know me saying uh you know i don't know if right here we say uh, i want you wet 
Um, I think he has to put his hand down. And my wife is sitting there. Um, <laughs> I hope this is work. <laughs> I mean, we have the same thing in the office where we'll have like a meeting with 12 people in it and have this long discussion about I want you wet and have to like take that line <laughs> apart and almost it's a very clinical we discussion yes, of a very exactly. non-clinical line. You feel like you're almost in a gynecologist's office sometimes. And, and actually more explicit things than that by far. Much you more. Know, what, what, actual what someone is actually doing and whether they should do something else. And yeah, what nothing is quite is as unsexy and... as the choreography of a sex scene, really, once you yeah. start talking about it and breaking it down into all of its pieces. But I it's think like it's... like when people analyze comedy and suddenly it ain't it's funny It's not anymore. so funny. Uh, I think that that line, though, it's so funny that that was what you guys were talking about when you were getting overheard. I have never seen such intense debate among the writer's room as whether or not to include the line, I want you wet. I thought <laughs> that was so funny. And uh, I kind of couldn't believe it ended up in the episode because there were very strong opinions but on we're still sides. we're still editing the episode as we oh, record yeah, yeah, this yeah. podcast so <laughs> don't lose the wet oh, <laughs> podcast podcast <laughs> listeners if you didn't hear it last night you know how it landed yeah, there's <laughs> a whole school of thought that it was like going too far and then a whole another school of thought that it was the greatest thing ever oh, that and, and then by the way and then in the editing room as we explore I don't think the question is going to be whether it's too far or not but I think that we'll, we'll explore or not far enough we'll, we'll explore what feels the most real in the scene yeah. And you know, it's, it's, while we're talking about this, it, it, it maybe is worth mentioning that our discussions in forming these scripts are actually among the most profound discussions about anything I've ever had in any context, including, you know, our lunch times. Because we, we really strangely, strangely, this atmosphere of, you know, there is a, a lot of self-exposure, a lot of sharing that sort of doesn't leave the room, a lot of, you know, a lot of self-searching, a lot of, you know, exploring one's past and one's own deeds and one's own mistakes, sort of earth Shattering issues are discussed routinely because they're, we're on our way to using them to tell a story. But if this tape was running during our whole uh, writers' room and lunches, you it would might be some, some pretty interesting, even I dare say, you know, penetrating, searching reading. But what what was that like for each of you guys coming into a place where we explicitly said at the we we say at the beginning of every season that this writers' room is a sacred space and that everything that stays here is sort of treated the way a therapist's office is treated. It's yeah. private and not repeated. Uh-huh. What's it like? What was it like for each of you to be in that room sharing that sort of stuff? Because Stephen, you're right. We it's never going off on a tangent, but that stuff gets reflected into the material. This is actually sort of what I find similar to to playwriting is that playwriting is a very collaborative experience. You know, it's very intimate. I I find it actually feel kind of safe because you're with someone who only wants the best for the show. I just find with these writers, there's just sort of like not a lot of ego about it. It's just like, you know, here's this line, here's that line, throwing it out. And if someone, if you don't want it, there's not, you know, that bruised feeling. So it feels like a, it feels like a safe space to, to discuss it. So I didn't realize we were talking about, I want you wet for 30 minutes because it just felt very, actually very normal and very um, easy. And then of course, when she took, she told me that I felt really self-conscious and weird. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so essentially what you're saying is your partner partner made you feel self-conscious and weird, but That's your right. writing partner, no exactly. problem. Exactly. Yeah. You know. I really hope Karen's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> I love you, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> there, is some, there is something where at, when we're having these discussions and we're, you, know, you feel yourself going a little further than you've ever gone necessarily in, in a discussion with someone. You feel yourself opening something up. It, it really is, you know, there is the esprit de corps of the show. There is the show. We all are really trying to make this show really good and, and, and you know, we're, we're proud of it. And you do sort of give up some inhibition for the sake of this, 
you know, the, I'm sure there's an analogy in, in you know, boot camp and armies and in, in groups where people are giving up something of, of their own kind of uh, uh, protection, you know, in order to, to, to serve something else. And it really is, I found it really liberating. And I still find it really liberating. And I don't even know where it's going to go. And it's still, there's still stuff coming out that I didn't, you know, remember being there. And it's good. It's great. Do you guys have uh, so much stuff happens in this in this particular episode? Uh, for starters, it opens with the line "Page knows," which is <laughs> yeah. pretty a pretty serious tone yeah, to start off. Been a long wait. Been a long wait for that, and just yeah. you know, coming off of episode ten, which is sort of redefines the series in so many ways with telling Paige and telling her so much information. Um, was it at all intimidating to be like, great, we're the morning after episode or and so and be, even beyond that, so much more happens in this with with the story. And like you were saying, Stephen, it's not like people are territorial about who who gets what part of the story. But what storylines were you guys most excited to to write or dig into in this? Or do you have any particular favorite scenes or moments from this episode that you really enjoy? I really love scenes with Paige and her mother, Paige and Elizabeth scenes. Uh yeah, those are those are my favorite because we don't get to see Elizabeth being um, not human, but you just don't usually get to see that side of her. Just get to see her be more vulnerable and also see a new side of Paige as well. Yeah, uh, she really kind of grills them and puts them on the spot yeah. and like asks them so many questions. And I remember when you guys were working on that scene, kind of, again, over lunch, polling the office as to like just generating this enormous list of potential questions and then figuring out which one Paige would really gravitate to and what she would really want to know in this moment. And there were a, a lot of interesting discussions around that question. What would she really want to know? Yeah, and it was, it was emotional, but it was also exciting because it's, it's this new territory. You know, I mean, we've all had personal situations where we've had, you know, confrontations with our parents, but the level of stakes in this is just, I don't think most people have experienced. So it's just, it was, um, it was exciting on a spy level and also exciting on a personal level. Well, kind of similar to that, the way we see Paige and Elizabeth behaving together differently, we really see Philip take a different tack with Gabriel in this episode. Stephen, can you sort of talk a little bit about that changing relationship? Because your episode's about a couple of big scenes with those two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gabriel was, was their handler before season one, and, and there's a long-standing relationship here that has a kind of, you know, father Gabriel as father, Philip and Elizabeth as you know, uh, uh, progeny and, and Philip particularly as a kind of son figure. And now uh, there's, there's a lot of tension in that relationship. And it's, it's getting tenser and tenser and tenser because as Gabriel has been the kind of representative to the Jennings of the center's wish to turn Paige or at least to inform Paige and then turn her, Philip has been resistant and he's been turning to Gabriel and, with his resistance and getting hitting a stone wall. And it's, he's not liking it. And so as he says, finally, you know, as this thing pulls and pulls and pulls, now there's a new issue, which, which is Elizabeth's mother is dying and Philip really wants to do something about it. And he really wants to get her uh, to see her mother. And he's getting another stone wall from Gabriel. And finally, he's exploding and saying, you know, it's been, you know, very... Uh, unpleasant for me. It's been, it's been very. I've been hitting this wall again and again and again. I've been getting a lot of no from you. One of these days, I'm going to have to get a yes. And and you know, Philip is a guy who he's not just a son. He's a man, and he's got a lot of self esteem, and he's got a lot of power, and he's he's a very proficient, powerful person. He wants to be considered for this moment, and he feels like you know he does, he doesn't want to just be a tool of the center or of Gabriel. 
You know, so he, so there, there's tension there, and it's, it's it's exploding. It's about to explode. Matthew would so appreciate that explanation much more than when I called him a house husband <laughs> earlier this season. I heard that. So, a powerful house husband. Yes, that was a way better breakdown. <laughs> I, I heard that. Yeah, that was that was. Shouldn't five. have done that. Have some regrets about that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, a, another relationship that we see really changing or evolving in an unexpected way is with our title character of this episode, Anton, um, who started as a, a smaller character, actually, in your episode last season, Stephen. Yeah. And now we see his relationship with Nina is starting to change. And I think Nina is sort of taken by surprise with uh, the way the way their relationship has changed. As he says to her, I thought you were another inducement. I thought that you were another just woman that was here. But she discovers this uh, letter that he's writing to to his son, this sort of epic tome, and really looks at him in, in a new way. Um, can you guys just talk a little bit about both what you were thinking in bringing these two very different characters together, but also how Nina, who we've seen jump into a lot of different relationships for a lot of different reasons, what she's thinking right now with regards to Anton. Anton, of course, you know, has been working on this stealth project for the Russians and not getting very far because he hasn't had what he needs. So he's sort of languishing and they send Nina after him and they, you know, want to see what's really going on with him. And Nina is someone who has always, you know, been tossed around by men, always has used men. You know, she's a survivalist, really, in, in, in the world of men. And suddenly there's this person who's touching her in a different way. And he has, you know, we see in this episode that there are similarities between his situation and hers. He says, I can't believe what these people did. They traded me back and forth. And she says, I've been traded too by, you know, by these people. He, he came from Russia. He can't believe there are people who would do this to him. She can, you know, and, and she, then she's snooping around like she's supposed to do. And she finds this document that he's been working on and, and she starts reading it. It doesn't take her long to be moved by it and to, to begin to have feelings that she's very, very, very unused to. She's overtaken by her feelings. And in this one scene that I really like in the episode and that the actors perform so beautifully, which is in the, the dining facility of, of the scientific facility, uh, they're sitting there talking and Anton is really being open about his feelings about what's happened to him. And she actually lets it be known that she's found this document, that she knows his son's name, that and that she's not going to turn him in. She thinks he should keep writing it. And they suddenly, suddenly all sorts of veils are falling between them. And she is sort of, her feelings are galloping away from her. And, you know, he says, why? Meaning, why won't you turn me in and she says genuinely i don't know something's happening here and you and in annette's performance it's i i was just overwhelmed by her performance you can really see it you know we as soon as we broke the story that nina was going to be going back to the soviet union even though she was going to prison we knew that her story was going to intersect with anton's so it, it was just interesting there's they're on these that stories have this kind of symmetry that they're both in a diff, different kinds of prison and it, it was obviously she was going to get there in a circuitous way by way of Lefortovo. Uh, and I don't think we really knew early on what the shape of her relationship with Anton was going to be, but we could feel early on that there was going to be something very powerful and intense there and seeing it start to start to form itself and shape itself in these episodes has just been just been great. 
Well, thank you guys so, so much for joining me today and talking about episode 11, One Day in the Life of Anton Baklanov. It's been great. I have to say, one thing I love about having Stephen and Tracy here is that Joe and I could take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tracy Scott Wilson. Thank you, Stephen Schiff. Thank Pleasure. you, Joel Fields and Joe Weisberg. Thank you. This was super fun. Join us again next week when we talk about episode 12, I Am Abbasin Zadran. We'll be checking in with Allison Wright, who plays Martha, as well as Peg Sheerholtz, who does hair. I'm Molly Nussbaum. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at itunes.com slash panoply.